0: Confident Gymnast Camp this August 3rd and 4th. This camp is all about breaking through mental blocks. So if you're struggling with a skill and you want me and my team to help you break through in real time, then check out ConfidentGymnast.com for details. Hi guys, on today's podcast I am going to talk about the biological reason why athletes melt down under pressure the main difference between the people who thrive under pressure and the ones who don't, and the one thing you need to change in order to increase your consistency in competition. Welcome to the Perform Happy podcast, where athletes and their support squad come to learn the secret weapon for sports success. I'm your host, Rebecca Smith. First, I was a scaredy cat gymnast, then a coach. Now, I'm a sports psychology expert and a parent. Athletes, whether you're feeling stuck or you're having the best season of your life, I'm here to help you reach peak performance and maximum enjoyment. Hi, everybody. I'm Coach Rebecca Smith, here to talk a little bit about competition. So if you are a gymnast, then Competition season's coming. Of course, not every state is going to look the same this year, but I know cheerleaders who are in season, I know figure skaters who are competing virtually at least, and for for a lot of you, competition is happening. If not now, it's coming soon. So I wanted to talk about this topic of why athletes don't compete like they practice. This is one of the great enigmas of athletics is that you might have this athlete who is the hardest worker, the most focused, the most supportive. They are so passionate and they love their sport. And then they get into competition and it's like watching a train wreck. Maybe it's not that bad, but You just see them making these mistakes. You're like, oh, she never does that in practice. Like, why now? Why is this the day that she falls twice on beam? Or, okay, now she's falling four times on beam. Oh my gosh, let's just go home. I was the athlete who was so nervous the night before that I couldn't sleep. So I would do imagery in my head over and over. I'd imagine myself doing my routines over and over. And then I couldn't sleep all night because I was so stressed out. Then I would get to the meet the next day and be like in full-on panic mode because I was so terrified I was going to fail, especially if I had more people watching. Like if my dad was there and if my grandparents were there, it was like complete shaking. Like I was the girl on the beam who was shaking so hard. You couldn't even tell what I was trying to do. My first level four meet, I shook so bad that I got, I can't remember what the score was, but I feel like it was like a five or a six because they counted wobbles for every single nerve convulsion So if your athlete is like that even a little bit, then this is for you. In this talk today, I'm gonna explain the biological reason why this happens, the main difference between the athletes who melt down under pressure and those ones who are like, ah, why are you so consistent? And sometimes the ones who are best in competition are actually the ones who are less focused in practice, which makes it extra annoying for athletes like me who are working so hard. And then I'm like, well, why are you doing so well when like you barely even try, which isn't really true. But anyway, you might know somebody who you're just like, ah, why is it so easy for you? And then I'm also going to talk about what you need to change if you want to increase consistency under pressure. So uh, this is something I go into detail on in my peak performance parenting course, which is something you get access to when you're a perform happy member. So if you are a member of Perform Happy. Make sure to go in the bonuses section, find the parent training, check out. It's just a quick little mini course for parents that explains all of those things that make you just grab your hair and go, "What is wrong with my child?" Like this is part of what I talk about. So I'll give you at least a, you know, kind of a high level overview. So here's what happens. I'm going to think back to 12-year-old me going into competition, and what is happening is that I'm basically having the same physical reaction as if I was standing face to face with a tiger. So if I was in danger, like actual physical danger, if any of us were, imagine a tiger enters the room you're in, a series of events would happen that are all started by your brain, okay? So the first thing that happens is your focus gets really narrow. You have to find an exit route as quickly as possible so you your focus narrows in. Also, your heart starts to pound because you want all the blood in your body to leave your hands and legs just in case that tiger cuts you, you won't bleed out. So all your blood goes into your core so that it can power your organs in a turbo amazing way. It gets your breath becoming really efficient. So all that oxygen goes to your body. Your heart's going crazy so that you can get out of there. Adrenaline surges, you get like super strength basically. You also get really tense just in case a tiger like wanted to battle you, you'd have to be like ready to go. So you get really tense. And then another fun thing that happened to me when I was an athlete was that your digestive system sort of malfunctions. Some people feel butterflies. Some people feel like they're going to completely lose their lunch. And then on the other end, your body's trying, your body wants to evacuate anything that's not helpful or necessary for getting the heck out of there. So you feel like you're going to pee your pants or throw up. Great, right? When you're wearing a leotard and getting ready to get on a beam and you're like, oh, I got to pee. All of that is happening because your brain is sensing a threat. Now, if there's a tiger, there's a legit threat. Like, yeah, get out or get under something or climb something or get behind something. Your, Your brain is going to go into overdrive to get you out of that situation and keep you safe. Now, here's the problem. That whole series of biological events happens whether it's a real threat or a perceived threat. So think of it like a smoke alarm. That alarm is going to go off if your house is on fire, and that is a very good thing because you need to wake up and get out. But that alarm also goes off if you burn your to, your toast. <laughs> it's like that with your brain. It goes off if there's a tiger, but then it also goes off if my threat, my tiger, is failure. I feel like if I fail. I will be eaten alive. It's basically like you're having the same biological reaction to, I will die of embarrassment. I will die of humiliation. I will die of being left behind if I don't X, Y, Z. So especially in an adolescent athlete where the way that they're perceived by other other humans, especially adults, is so critical to feeling okay, they feel like judgment, negative judgment could kill them. So you walk into this competition arena and the alarm bells start sounding. But here's the thing. Here's the difference. And I'll explain it to you in this way. The difference between athletes who thrive in competition and those who fall apart, there's one major difference. So I want you to ask yourself, do you like roller coasters or do you hate roller coasters? Do you love them? Or do you hate them? I personally love roller coasters. To an extent, and i found as I get older, I love them a little bit less because I'm like, oh, I have more to lose these days. But when I was a kid, I was like, bring it on. But then there were certain things like the the big arch in St. Louis. I was like, I am not getting on that thing. Anyway, think to yourself, do you generally like roller coasters or not like them? Okay, now ask yourself, what is happening in your body while you are going up that roller coaster? It's like, click, 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 click. Up you go. The anticipation is happening. What's happening? So what's going to happen biologically is the exact same thing that happens if you see a tiger or if you fear failure. When you're on that roller coaster, your heart's pounding. You feel like you're going to lose your lunch. You're tense. You're sweaty. Your hands are cold. Same thing is happening to your gymnast. Exact same thing. The heart is pounding. they are tense. But what's different? Think about it. What is the difference? There's no biological difference. It's really it's the interpretation. And so I can shorten that to, it's the mindset. Now, that feeling, you basically get to make a decision. Like, this is a good feeling. This is part of what it feels like to be going up that click, click, click. And then as soon as I go over the top, it's so exhilarating that it's absolutely worth it. And it's even part of the goodness about it is that you get that anticipation, which gets your adrenaline going. And then you go flying down and it's like, woo! just so fun and it feels amazing. Or you're so busy worrying as you're going up and second guessing and thinking it's going to be horrible that then the entire experience is you going, why did I do this to myself? This is horrible. Oh my gosh. Why did I let my gymnast talk me into this? This is the worst thing ever. Get me off of here. So it's the interpretation. And there are actually studies that show that having a heightened level of physical anxiety, it doesn't make a difference to how well you'll perform. So it's not that the people who walk in cool, calm, and collected are the ones that compete better. The main difference is your mental anxiety. So physical anxiety is normal, understandable, and actually quite helpful because you get that narrow focus. You get that adrenaline surge. Those are a couple of things that can be very useful and can actually bring out the best in us in competition. But then If you're so, if your narrow focus has gone to what could go wrong or the worry or the potential for failure, that's when you're using that good thing for, not for good, but for evil. That's the main difference is that if you're worried while you're nervous, it's going to affect your performance. If you're not worried while you're nervous, it doesn't have to. So I want to give one more little example of an athlete. He's a swimmer. He was a swimmer by the name of Eric Namsnick. And when he was in high school, he shocked his whole team and himself by qualifying to Olympic trials. So here he was, this like 16-year-old kid. He's like, I'm at Olympic trial. This is awesome. So he's walking around this pool and seeing all these, these idols, these guys that he's like looked up to forever and these women who... He's just like, this is the coolest thing ever that I get to be here at Olympic trials. I'm going to tell all my friends that I got to be here. I'm swimming in a pool with Olympians. This is so cool. And so he just had the most fun getting, you know, doing his events and seeing these cool people and being with some of his friends. And then the results come out and he qualified to finals. Completely shocked. He's like, what? Like, Not only am I here, but now I'm kind of in the running for this. So if he would have swam that same time again, this guy was going to the Olympics. This like young guy was going to the Olympics. He then spent the next hour or two or however much time it was before finals going, oh my gosh, I could make the Olympics. Don't screw this up, Eric. Okay. Oh, I got to, don't mess up. I got to just do exactly what did I do? What was I doing in that? Origi- I got to keep making sure that I'm doing that exact thing. And don't mess this up. This is my chance. I could make the Olympics. He got all worried. Okay. He, he switched his mindset and then he goes into finals and he added four seconds to his time, which in Olympic level swimming is basically like a million years. old. He has basically completely blown it at Olympic trials. (sighs) Luckily he learned from it And he was able to qualify for the Olympics in 1992 and ended up with a silver medal. So not all is lost, but we can learn from this. But often athletes in practice are like, yeah, I just really want to do my best. Oh, it's okay if I fall. It's not that big of a deal. And they're killing it. They're hitting their skills. They're hitting their routines. They're like having fun. And then the stopwatch goes out or, you know, the clipboard or it's a meet and all of a sudden they're like, I have to be perfect, I have to, like, why, why would you change your strategy if you already have a strategy that works? So that is like half of the work that I do one-on-one with athletes or that when well, my coaches do one-on-one with athletes too, is we figure out, what do you do that works? Everybody's got something that works. So we help decode that and figure out what are your patterns, what are your beliefs? What are you worrying about that we can maybe stop worrying about? What can we focus on instead with that laser beam of focus that's so, so useful when it's in the right direction? That is the main thing that you have to change is your mindset. Now, if you decided I am going to love roller coasters because there's some reason, some motivation why you're like, yeah, I want to bond with my child and I want to love roller coasters. Is it possible that you could? Absolutely. It is absolutely possible that you could but here's the thing you've got a lot of past history built into your brain at the brain level that says I don't like roller coasters roller coasters are not fun roller coasters are not safe I don't want to do them I avoid them so that's the thing is that athletes who have had a lot of experience melting down under pressure or even just a couple of like primary sort of traumatic experiences melting down under pressure it's built into your brain so that your brain can keep you safe and alive. So your brain's like, oh, avoid that. Nope. We don't not want to walk into that competition. This is not safe. You are, you're risking embarrassment, judgment, failure, being left behind. Don't do it. And so it's sounding those alarm bells extra, extra hard for you to try to keep you from getting hurt by failing. So what we want to do is over time, work in new brain patterns, new thoughts, new strategies or old strategies that you already use in different environments like practice so that you can then get that built in. I also help people put together a mental game plan. That's one of the challenges that we go through in the perform happy program that you come up with your rock solid mental game plan so that you know exactly what you need to do to set your brain up for success. You set your body up for success in practice. You set your brain up for success through mental training. Hopefully you guys can take that and and realize, Oh, it's okay to be nervous. It's, I don't need to necessarily try to calm down. It's more a matter of, can I get my focus on something that's gonna be more useful than my worrying? So there's a little more to it than that, but that gives you at least a, a taste of something that you can do to majorly shift your experience in competition this year. I just wanted to mention, I'm doing a few team talks in January. I've opened up my schedule for just a few teams to do this sort of presentation, something similar to this, but more in depth and more interactive. So if you are interested in having me come talk to your team, I would love to chat with you. So send me a DM on Instagram at complete underscore performance on Facebook, complete performance coaching. Would love to chat with you. Thank you for being here. I'll see you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the perform happy podcast. If you're ready to unlock your maximum sport potential, head over to performhappy.com and join us you'll be training alongside world champion athletes and Olympic hopefuls. And I will personally take you through my research-based system for overcoming fear and mental blocks, building confidence, and finding your flow. I'm coach Rebecca Smith, and I'll see you next time.